Welcome to the Calibre podcast, brought to you by the Watches of Switzerland Group. In this episode, Brian Duffy, CEO, talks with Edward Maylan, CEO of H Moser, discussing what's new for the brand this year. Hi. Hey, hey Brian. Brian. How are you doing? I'm very well, very yourself? Well. Yes, yes, not too bad, thanks. You obviously got some lovely Swiss weather there. Yeah, pretty, pretty nice outside right now, so I thought I, I stay on the balcony. So listen, welcome to everybody who's uh, who joined us. I see many, many names uh, coming up. Um, delighted that you have joined us this evening for what I'm sure about a very interesting interview. Um, we've had a, a variety of, uh, of different guests. We've obviously had the CEOs of uh, power brands like uh, like Panerai, IWC, Breitling, uh, Bacheron. Um, we had uh, the biggest the biggest British brand two days ago with uh, with Bremont, something different. And today, something different again. So today, we're going to talk to uh, one of the leading uh, independent. I'll talk about one of the leading independent uh, brands uh, in Switzerland. And there is a group of brands uh, around that are collectively referred to as the independents. Um, uh, brands um, uh, like uh, F.B. Jorn, uh, uh, De Betun, uh, Bobe, uh, MBNF. And these brands tend to be a great uh, source of, uh, of innovation and development. Uh, they have to do that to effectively compete with the big brands that are out there. Uh, but they're, they're a really interesting group, and we're doing more and more and more business uh, uh, with them. Uh, but a real source of uh, innovation and development. And the brand we're going to talk about today is a very, very good example of that. It's, uh, it's H. Moser, and a brand that goes by the strap line of very rare. And, um, and their whole focus is on doing things that are exclusive, innovative, very high quality, and, uh, and different, and at the end of the day, uh, very rare. Uh, they only produced 1,500 watches uh, in, in total. In Schaffhausen, uh, those that have listened to the last couple of days might recollect IWC uh, are based in Schaffhausen, and there's, a, there's a, an old connection uh, that's there. Um, but H. Moser has been through a whole series of, uh, of, of different uh, periods uh, in its history. It's been around for almost 200 years. Uh, and we'll talk through that history a bit. The most recent element, though, is that the, the business has now been acquired by a holding company that's uh, owned by Edward's uh, uh, family. And um, Edward has been the, the CEO of the, of the business since uh, 2013. So delighted that you're here to tell us about uh, about your great brand, uh, Edouard. And uh, before talking about the acquisition and the rationale and so on, maybe you could just for a couple of minutes tell us a little bit about your journey. You did you had a great education. Uh, you did uh, some good things. And, and uh, 2013, you've now taken up this role. So what's been your journey to get to be the, the CEO of uh, HMOSER? <laughs> I think I was born in the right place. I was born in the in the Valley de Joux, you know, in uh, yeah. in one of the uh, on the mecca of uh, of watchmaking and yeah. uh, in, in in Le Brassu and the entire family was working in the, in the business. My father actually started his uh, his own journey uh, working for JLC for JJ Le Coultre, and then a few years for Cartier and then uh, led AP for over twenty years. So uh, yeah. you know, when you grow up. Out there when the entire family works in the watch industry your friends are working in the watch industry you eventually end up uh, in this industry i started actually studying engineering uh, in in lausanne in the swiss yes. institute of technology i mastered in uh, micro technology and then i worked as a, as a consultant in management consulting that was my time where i was trying to do something different um 
it took about three years before I started a project in the in the in the watch industry, and um, at that, that point, I pretty much never went back. So um, yep. I did. Uh, I, I started working in Asia, in Southeast Asia. I was based in yep. Kuala Lumpur, working right. for different independent brands. That I, then I did an MBA because I felt I needed more business knowledge, and um, that was a year and a half in the U.S. Then when I came back, I started my uh, my own business with some friends in Paris. It was trying to bring. A few worlds together, um, watchmaking and telecommunication. It was not a big success, um, but I learned a lot from that. Uh, the company eventually went bankrupt. In parallel, we, um, my father went to, um, came to the end uh, of his career and went into retirement. And I think one of his big frustration, even though he was so successful in making what it, what it is today, uh, was that it was not his own. And um, yeah. that's when we decided as a family to, uh, to explore opportunities um, and Moser came into the picture and we fell yep. in love with the brand and we acquired it in October 2012. Yeah, so you acquired the H Moser, you also acquired the components business, uh, precision engineering. Precision engineering, which was yep. a big important element for us when we decided. Yep. And what was the, and buying the business, what was and what is the vision uh, overall? Well, the vision was, um, we felt that Moser is, um, there's not many brands like, like that, that size that is so integrated, an amazing history, very entrepreneurial. Um, you know, we have a beautiful museum in the original castle of Mr. Moser. The products that my predecessors had developed, like the perpetual calendar, were quite amazing in terms of philosophy, very different from, from the rest. Of course, everything was not working well. Otherwise, there wasn't, there wouldn't be, it wouldn't have been an opportunity. But we felt, uh, for people like us, who really love traditional watchmaking. There's not going to be other opportunities like this one. Uh, yeah. So we took the risk. Um, financials were, were terrible. You know, it was um, difficult to say how could we really turn it around. But we believed that we could. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and as you said, we uh, we decided as a family, together with my father and my brother, to um, to go ahead with uh, with the acquisition. Well, uh, you know, on behalf of uh, watch lovers and watch retailers out there, we're delighted that you did um, because it's uh, it is a great brand, but it's one to which you you brought great you know energy and creativity and confidence and uh, and uh, even humour. And uh, I mentioned earlier that, that your your brand line was uh, was very rare, and I think a business in Switzerland to have a sense of humour is uh, is very rare. And, uh, <laughs> British humour. Uh, yes, yes. We do humor probably better than we do business overall. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, great qualities that, that you brought. So we'll talk about that and then we'll talk about all your products in just a moment. But uh, just a few words on the history of this amazing brand. It's almost uh, two centuries old. Where, where did it all begin? Well, it started, uh, I mean, the Moser family was a little bit like our family. My father was in on the business side of uh, of the watch industry, but actually they were uh, our family were watchmakers and the Moser families, they were the watchmakers of Schaffhausen. So I think Heinrich was fifth generation and basically he decided to, um, his father said, you have to go to Le Locke and learn uh, watchmaking. He decided to uh, to go there. He studied, I mean, he was pretty young, he was born in 1805. So um, he studied there, I think from the age of 16. Then at the age of 21, his father told him, told him like, you have to go to Italy. That's the future of watchmaking. And Heinrich Moser being the, free spirit, independent entrepreneur that he proven is proven to be afterwards, decided that it was not for him to go to Italy, but he wanted to go to Russia. So as, as I said, 1826, age of 21, 
he went to to Russia. It took him two months. He almost died. There's there's a book on it. It's uh, it's an adventure. Just I mean, imagine 190 yeah. years ago to go to uh, Russia on on foot, horse, boat, etc. And he struggled in the beginning, but he was a great watchmaker. And eventually, um, the, the Tsar at that time, uh, Nikolai I, uh, had a problem with one of his watches. And somebody in, in his entourage said, you know, there's a young new watchmaker from Switzerland. We should try to, um, to have that watch repaired. And Moser managed to repair it. And from that day, it was a huge success. Yep. He actually produced 500,000 watches in his lifetime, not on his own. He had 350 people based in Switzerland producing the watches. Wow. But uh, amazing success. He made tremendous amount of money. He developed the entire region of Schaffhausen. He developed the he industrialized the region. He made the first, uh, or he created the first um, hydromechanical dam on the Rhine River. Yeah. To bring energy to develop, to bring industries there. And one of the famous industries that he brought uh, was um, when Mr. Arista Jones came from the U.S. to Switzerland to to establish the international watch company known as IWC today. Nobody on the French part of Switzerland wanted uh, an American to come on their turfs, but Heinrich Moser wanted to bring jobs to his people. And he said, uh, you know, why don't you come to Schaffhausen? I give you space, I give you energy, and I even give you money to start. And yeah. they teamed up to start the IWC. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like an amazing guy. And I mention it every time when we talk about the, uh, the history of these brands, to be so brave and visionary and entrepreneurial at the age of 21. Um, something's happened to Darwin's theory in the last couple of hundred years, <laughs> because it may, maybe in a, maybe in San Francisco or whatever you're getting a, you're getting really young people with that same sense of uh, of confidence and, uh, and and vision. But it's amazing that the, the real influential people in the world of watches were all in the all in their early twenties, and uh, and uh, H. Moser in particular, like you say, to take on a journey to St. Petersburg to go and uh, make his fortune. He really sounds like an amazing character, hugely successful and uh, great yeah, for the very, very driven and committed. Yeah. He didn't listen to anyone, which is cool for it. Oh, yeah. He was his friend, but... That's, uh, that's a good principle in life. <laughs> Just, uh, well, a lot of people say, what do you keep from, from him? We said, oh, you know, we like the, the entrepreneurial spirit, the free spirit yeah. of Heinrich, if we can summarize. Yeah, I mean, I think his, his free entrepreneurial spirit, his uh, focus on innovation and quality and so on, it, I mean, it clearly is the heritage. Quality the, was very important. Yeah. Yep. But what you're really doing with all of that today is, uh, is is translating it into a very contemporary and, you know, relevant uh, brand with everything uh, everything that you're doing. And uh, just before we move on from uh, Russia, I did read when I was researching that one of the clients was uh, Vladimir Lenin. Yeah, he wore one of the of the most. But actually, you know, many many Russian also also generals. It was um, quite quite oh, yes. common that they would get on the retirement a Moser watch. And yep. today, there's pretty much not a day where we don't get an email from around the world saying, "Hey, I inherited from my great grandfather, uh, my grandfather this uh, this Moser watch. Can you tell me more about that?" Yep, yep, my great and wonderful heritage to have there as a reference and. And uh, and his memory overall. So, but your family have now acquired the business. Uh, Two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Uh, you've been investing. You've been investing in manufacturing uh, and in, and in marketing, and then a huge uh, focus on uh, on product development with some really really distinct design elements that are de that are defining the brands. One of which is the dials. You you love beautiful dials and you love the uh, Fumi dials. So, yeah. so tell us about them. Well, Fumida is an interesting story. A lot of people believe that Moser, you know, created them, but actually we, uh, 
we actually uh, brought them back to life. It was a technique that was used probably 50 years ago, 60 years ago, and kind of the, this knowledge got lost. But our, our dye manufacturer um, a few years to go had that in their drawers. And when we look, started looking in their drawers, we, we saw that and said, oh, can you do that for us again? It was a gray fumidile and they said, well, we don't know. So we, did, we had to redevelop the, the machines and the technique yeah. and find the, the ways to do it. And, uh, and then we started with the gray dials. And when I started, it was already there, about 5% of our productions. And um, what we started to do together with the, the team that I have around me now is really to play with colors and try to explore how to go beyond the fumidiles as we know it. And, um, and that, that, that was a huge success for us because it kind of, you know, when you have round kind of very classic elegant watches from far away, it could look like anybody else. And I think yeah. those fumidiles uh, helped us stand out. In the meantime, you have a, a lot of people also doing fumidiles because they realized it was a success for us. Yeah. So we, can't, we cannot stop there. We, we're constant, constantly trying to, to move forward and always yeah. keeping the highest quality. I think we have, the, as you said, the most beautiful dials, but we need yeah. to continue to explore. Yeah. And I think, you know, anybody that's uh, listening to us, um, you know, take a look online at the, at the beautiful colors of these fumidiles are very, very distinctive. And, uh, and it's very much, you know, an expression of horological excellence, but in a very sort of simple and elegant, uh, elegant form, uh, really beautiful. And uh, another thing that you've done is you, you know, with keep them absolutely pure, the dials, you're, you're presenting them with uh, very often uh, with no logo, no name. Nothing, yeah. Well, one of the, the assess, I mean, one of the things that I like, I mean, I, I, I in general like German uh, brands. Yeah, I think that's the, the minimalistic, the, the Bauhaus, uh, yep. You know, any brands from Lange to uh, Nomos or Junghans are great sources of inspiration in terms yep. of design. And and Moser was already like this. I mean, when you look at the, the perpetual calendar, it's very minimalistic. There's a, there's a lot of things that everything that you don't need has been removed. And um, I think it was back in 2015, we asked ourselves, you know, how can we go beyond that and, and really push the, to the limit of minimalism? And that's yep. when we tried to do the, the first concept, which um, basically we said, you know, we have the, the most minimalistic perpetual calendar. What would be the most minimalistic three hands? And yep. we basically removed logo indexes, everything that was unnecessary. Yep. And, and it, when, we, when I held it in my hands for the first time, I felt this is actually beautiful. This is a piece of yep. art. It's, it's beyond the watch. And, uh, yep. and many people realized that. And, and we, had, we got amazing opinion leaders who acquired, they were the first to acquire those, those pieces that were supposed to be just a kind of a marketing stunt. And yep. today it's part of our collection and everything we do uh, with no logo, with no nothing is, uh, is sold very quickly. And I think a lot yep. of people in the beginning were, like, were looking at it and saying there's something missing. And today, I mean, it takes time to appreciate. Like, I think like a good yep. wine or like good music, it takes time. Yep. And today there's so many fans of those concept watches. It yep. really shows me that we, we've been through a, a few phases already with the brand. Yeah, and getting real kind of credibility and, uh, and, and awareness for what you're doing. We, uh, we sell your product very well, particularly in Vegas, as you know, in, in the US. So the three collections that we do sell well, Endeavor, uh, the Ventura and the, and the Pioneer, what's the, what's the difference between them? So Endeavor is the original collection. When I arrived, the, there was already the Endeavor. It was not known as Endeavor. To keep it simple, we decided to collect to make this collection Endeavor, and then we started creating Venture, which was actually uh, the first baby that we brought. 
uh, inspired, as I said, from the German brands, especially from the, I think, the designs like the Max Beal from Junghans, so very curved, 60s, 70s type of, uh, of watches, very close to Endeavor, to be frank. Uh, in the future, we might merge those collections, uh, we'll see, because in the meantime, we have developed other things. Pioneer, the, the rationale there was, you know, when the first time I came back uh, from, from home on Monday morning with my perpetual calendar in platinum, completely scratched because I had um, played with my kids in the garden and, and damaged it. My watchmakers were pretty upset. <laughs> so I said, we need a watch that we can wear every day and do everything yep. and water resistant. And, and that's when we started uh, developing the Pioneer collection. It's still yep. very elegant, very, I mean, you can wear it with a tuxedo, but you can go and swim with it. And that was the objective with that particular line. And it's been a huge success. We positioned it with the steel version quite aggressively. I think there's no independent brands with manufacturer movement uh, made in house that can uh, uh, sell such a watch with an amazing dial at that price. So it's been yeah. a huge success for us. And I think it really helped us get to the next level. Yeah. And hopefully the streamliner will take us to the next, next level. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about the streamliner in the and uh, just a moment, um, just before that, some, you know, some talked about your humor and your confidence. Tell us about the Swiss Alp watch. Ah, Swiss Alp watch. Well, yeah, that's another collection. Unfortunately, we're, we'll have to stop, stop uh, that collection soon. There's going to be one last edition that we're launching in September. But the, the Swiss Alp watch was, some people see an attack to uh, connected watches. We see more as a tribute to connected watches. It was a time when everybody was asking us whether it would be uh, the, the, the launch of the Apple watch or the Samsung watch was the end of Swiss traditional watchmaking. And um, we wanted to, to give um, our opinion on that. And we created the Swiss Alp watch, which obviously is inspired by the designs of connected watches, but pitched tributes by making it a beautiful mechanical uh, watch. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people, it set the uh, Moser on the map for the first time. And uh, a lot of people discovered Moser. And at the same time, yes, it was, we were using humor and provocation, but at the same time, we were really talking about our values and saying, we're not gonna yeah. create connected watches. But I think those two categories can very well work together. And we believe that the future of traditional watchmaking is tradition, is innovation, is creation, is to continue to do what we've been doing so well for, for 200 years. Yep. I mean, my, my father went through the 70s and the, the quartz crisis and what saved this industry were a few visionary people who said, let's continue to do that. So saying something like this is, is not a revolution. I think our predecessors were the visionary guys. Um, so some real uh, great developments uh, that are happening. I had the pleasure of seeing some of your developments when I saw you last in, the, in, in Dubai. Dubai. And uh, something that's really amazing is the whole Vantablack. The Vanta Black is amazing indeed. And uh, <laughs> as I, we were talking about our dials and how important it is and for us, uh, the face of the watch. And I think yeah. it has to be the most beautiful. We've done a lot of fumé and a lot of people, you know, kept, said Moser is the fumé dial. So at the same time, we see more and more brands doing fumé dials. I, as I said, I want to continue to have the most beautiful, but we see more and more. And at the same time, black is a very important color. Yeah. We couldn't, I mean, we couldn't do a fumé black that just doesn't work because it's always going towards a, a, dar a darker color. So if you have black, yeah. it's impossible. So the question is, how can we make something special? And um, then we discovered through one of my friends from the watch industry, Pierre Jacques, who is the CEO of the Between, I discovered the, the Vanta Black. Vanta Black is very complex to, to work with and it's, you, it's, you cannot imply, uh, apply indexes or stuff like that. So it's perfect for Moser because we have the most minimalistic dials. You don't put anything on it. You don't need to put a logo. So yep. we, we, we went for it. And I think uh, combining this aero technology, you know, develop for the NASA things that 
uh, is you know those micro nano those nano tubes. Um, I find it amazing because you're combining two worlds that have nothing to do with yeah. each other. On one side you have astrophysics, and on the other side traditional watchmaking, and uh, and in the end you have a piece of art. And and it's amazing. You're saying it's it's not even a color that is so black, and uh, and again what you've done is put black hands on it. Yeah, uh, the last edition, yeah. Because it's so black that actually you don't, your brain doesn't understand it. It's, it's yes. not a color, it's a material that absorbs all light. So when you look at it, you, you, your, your brain doesn't under, understand what it's looking at. So the idea of putting the black hands is that suddenly you, you perceive how black Vanta Black is because you have a contrast, you have a comparison. Yep. So that's why we yep. created that with, the, um, with the, 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 the black hands. And it's been, a, I mean, it's been out for what, one month, not even? Yep. It's been great success so far. And I think yeah. it helps establishing us as Moser is the, the owner of Wanta Black in the watch industry. Yeah, yeah, well done. And, and uh, developed in the UK, I hope. It is. And yeah. nano, Surrey Nano System is based in the, in the UK. They are yeah. creating the structure on our dial. So we, sh we ship the dials. It's, it's a nightmare in terms of logistics, in terms of toolings that we have to develop specifically for that. But once it's in the watch, it's perfect. And it's another great thing that you do. You go to whatever the the best technology, the best quality is, and, and if you don't have it in-house, you go get it and uh, you put together your, your creations. And uh, talking about, uh, of which, we have the Streamliner, um, the, the real big news that's come out from your brand, created great excitement. It's a new everything, it's a, a new movement, new case, new dial, new hands, and uh, a new bracelet, and, uh, a, and a huge new statement, so, uh, so tell us about it. Why, you know, you know, I think we all noticed how <laughs> integrated steel bracelets, watch, uh, watches uh, have been successful in the last few years. And I think all brands had the same idea at the same time, reason why we see many coming out right now with uh, different type of designs. Every, everybody has have their own interpretation. For me, it's really about the sport chic watch. So our process, thought process was how do we create something that is Moser, that is different, that is really well integrated that is a, uh, and it's a sport watch. So to launch a sport watch, I felt the right movement would be the chronograph. We haven't had a chronograph for a new chronograph for probably a hundred years. There were some yeah. uh, uh, early 19, uh, 20th century chronograph for Moser, but then not, nothing um, for many years. So I felt I, w I want to launch a chronograph and the process started pretty much at the same time as when we wanted to do the, the, the integrated bracelet. Um, developing a chronograph is very, very complex, especially if you want to do something different, new, with the philosophy of Moser. Don't, don't never forget that for me, the benchmark is our perpetual calendar. It's the most practical, minimalistic um, perpetual calendar there is out there. Everything through the center. It doesn't look like a perpetual calendar. So I needed the equivalent in terms of chronograph. Developing it with, uh, with my team would, would have cost me millions. I would have had uh, to have to hire set, uh, new people, probably, um, yep. and the risk of, of not achieving the best was high. Yep. As an independent brand, we can work with a lot of other independents. And uh, the, the Videresh family, the Agenor team, uh, developed the Agen graph, which I believe, personally, is the most amazing modern uh, chronograph with the philosophy of Moser. Everything through the center. It's a flyback, 60-minute uh, chronograph. Yep. Reason why we decided to work with them, and uh, and I think it was the best decision ever. And then we built um, the the streamliner in terms of design. As I said, minimalistic monolink. We tried many different bracelets. Um, I'm yep. wearing it, so I can, many different bracelets. But for me, 
the idea of a single link bracelet, especially for a small wrist like, like, like mine. I mean, this is a 42 millimeter watch and yeah. it fits very, very well, even on a, on a small wrist like, like mine. I wanted yeah. something that is extremely comfortable. You can see here, it's, it's really falling. The logs are falling very well. Um, I wanted a different shape of, of case because we have round watches, many round watches. I love personally cushion uh, watch, watches. There were a lot yeah. many years ago, but I wanted something modern. And then that's when we started playing. How do we integrate this bracelet, starting with the bracelet, with the monolink bracelet that we don't see out there. A lot of people do the three or the five links. There's enough of that. If people like those designs, then they can go to those other brands. We wanted something that is unique, that is different. Yeah. So it's this search of singularity that we need as an independent brand. Otherwise we disappear in the mass of so many brands out there, uh, yeah. especially in the, in the integrated metal bracelet. Yeah. Uh, and the result is, uh, yeah, it's the streamliner. So you have the Fumé dial, of course. We have new hands yeah. where we, we, we included our technology of uh, Global Light, which is a ceramic mix with uh, Superluminova. So you have like really a 3D effect. Um, and the dial we, we made, for me, I see it as a watch that is, it's basically a chronograph that gives you the time. There's no indication yeah. of the time actually on the watch. That's the philosophy of Moser in general. Uh, yeah. All the indications you see on the dials are for the chronograph. And yeah. uh, a little bit like the the stopwatches, you know, from the, the 60s and you have yeah. the, the bullhead style on the of the button. So, yes, it's a very it's a very uh, polarizing design. We we yeah. love it. I mean, we yeah. all in the team fell in love with that design and see the potential to continue developing it. I think if we envision to make this model an, an icon for our brand, then we need to take risks. We need to go extreme yeah. in every aspect. And I think we did. And I think we did well. Uh, there's many things in the pipeline with that collection for the for the future, and uh, and I seeing the the result that we had with this first collection, the the, the limited edition that I'm wearing today, yeah. I'm I'm confident that this 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 collection is here for, to stay and to bring Moser to the next level. Yeah, it's um I guess it's just a great example of independent as I was saying earlier, independence is where you're getting this sort of innovation and imagination and. You need and, uh, you need to be different. You have no choice. Yep, Otherwise, yep. as an independent brand, you have no choice. You have you have yep. no chance to survive. Yep. So one other thing you have talked about too is you're very happy to collaborate with uh, with different people around just to get at the end of the day the uh, uh, the perfect outcome. So you've got an exciting co collaboration coming up, which I know you're going to tell us all about. <laughs> Maybe not all about, but yeah, there's a big collaboration coming. I mean, the next launch from Moser is on the third of uh, of June. I mean. Uh, it's going to be big for us. I think it's, uh, uh, we are independent. Uh, we like to collaborate. And in this case, we were, we'll be uh, for the first time really doing a, a, a big collaboration with another brand, uh, sharing this similar philosophy. And I think the result is, uh, it's surprising is, uh, is Moser without being Moser. I think, uh, it brings a lot of the different aspects of what we, we know and we master. Um, it's all about, uh, the dials. It's all about, uh, the hairsprings, you know, we manufacture our hairsprings for ourselves and other yeah. brands. We have developed the double hairspring. We have developed cylindrical hairspring. We have developed new materials. So yeah, there's going to be something new for Moser yeah. in there. And, um, and in terms of design, it's very different from what we know. I'm really looking forward to, to, to launch it. We're creating the assets right now, taking pictures, making the movies and, uh, Everybody's very excited at the manufacturer right now because we're assembling the few first watches. So yeah. I'm wearing today the streamliner because I can show it, but there's the other one yeah. that I'm testing that I love it. I'm sure you've got one at home. Go get it and show us, show it, show it <laughs> now. 
<laughs> to everybody out of that suspense. I, I, I misplaced yeah. it. I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I did. I do know a little more about it because we've been managed to chat, and it's uh, it's very very exciting. And you did show when you did your uh, your, your video uh, for uh, watching wonders. You did show uh, the tourbillon that's uh, it's going to be there, the three D cylindrical tourbillon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, very, very exciting. And another great example of uh, uh, independent uh, innovation uh, overall. How did you find watching Wonders? Obviously, this is the first and maybe the only other time that there's been a, a virtual uh, watching Wonders. But personally, I think it worked pretty well uh, overall. What was, uh, what's your feeling? Well, I miss my friends. I mean, uh, what's nice about Watches and Wonders is meeting people, yeah. seeing the smiles and the excitement when you show, show a new product. When yeah. you are behind a, a, a platform, it's it's very different, yeah. especially because we didn't do a live like this where we can exchange. But I think it's a it's a great uh, experiment. I think um, in the future, combining an online and an offline platform is the way to go. I think if we can bring people closer to each other, closer to our product, closer to us, interact, create discussions with our uh, clients and and partners, then everybody wins. But we uh, uh, watches and wonders without the actual touching, feeling, meeting yeah. is, is not the same. So I'm looking forward to 2021, first because we have great products that we'll be launching there, and second because we will see each other again. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with, uh, with that completely. I think as an exercise and sort of efficient communication, it's worked well. Um, we've got to understand everything that's happening. There's been really good documentation. There's been yeah. a great deal of... Uh, digital documentation that we're able to get take advantage of. So we can plan our activity, but we haven't tried on one watch, you know, and uh, and until you do that, uh, you know better than anybody. Until you do that, like, uh, like you're experiencing with the streamliner, really feel it on your wrist and just feel how exciting it is. You really don't have a qualified opinion. So uh, uh, we're looking forward to doing that in the next couple of but months. But you have to come, you, you have to come to the manufacturer. I would love to. It's a really charming little town, Schaffhausen. Uh, obviously, I've been, been there. We're very see. close to the, the waterfalls. I don't know if you've been there. Yeah, probably when you, yes. if you visited IWC, but very close to the waterfalls, biggest in Europe. So yep. you have the castle with the museum, you have the manufacturer, yep. you have the landscape, and everybody's invited. I mean, we have a lot of people okay. coming to visit. Not at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> a bit complicated, but in general. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lovely town, and, and I would love to see your manufacturer. What's the uh, what's the long term vision? Where do you, where do you where do you want to be in five or ten years with this uh, great brand that you have? I want to I want to stay independent. I want to continue yeah. to have this uh, this ability to create, to innovate, to be opinionated uh, as we as we have done in the in the last seven years. Uh, yeah. We want to continue to grow. That's for sure. I think we need to yeah. grow. Um, we are in a in a in a size where. We're taking more and more space in in the stores, which is not yep. always appreciated by by other brands. So we need to continue to to grow to have more power to uh, yep. be able to um, yeah to uh, to continue to establish ourselves and and be in a in a more stable position. Currently, it's it's always. I mean, if we even if we continue to grow and do a thousand five hundred watches and more, uh, we still need to um, to fight. You know, play with the elbows to get our position in the stores. Less and less, I think, probably. The, the, the way we were in the last few years and trying really to uh, to scream our opinion was also a reaction because we had to, uh, to kind of emancipate the brand. I think today yeah. we are much more established and I 
maybe we were the biggest of the independents uh, in the in the past. I want to see us as the smallest of the established brands today. It's maybe a little bit uh, pretentious, but that's the philosophy we try to have at uh, at yeah. Mozo because it helps us move forward and not say you know we're doing one thousand five hundred watches and that's where we're gonna stay. No, I my vision within five years is to reach the three thousand. And I think Pioneer, Tourbillon, uh, Tourbillon, the Pioneer, the Streamliner uh, will will help help us go there. I, I don't have any doubt. I think Streamliner is one of the most exciting things that's uh, uh, that's come out. Great excitement for it. We've got a waiting list of uh, people looking for it whenever uh, whenever productions in the in the yeah the first the first yeah. the first one is sold out. But again, it's a collection, so have a little bit of patience. Um, it's hard to get them out at the moment, but eventually there's going to be other things in the Streamliner collection. So yeah, we uh, we Scottish are famous for our patience. <laughs> <laughs> Edward, it's uh, I really appreciate you joining me. I really enjoyed uh, the conversation. Congratulations! It was my on, pleasure on everything that you're doing. Congratulations on the Venter Black and the Streamliner. I think they're going to make a big impact. And uh, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. It's uh, really great, and we're proud to represent you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be part of the Watches and Switzerland network, be in Vegas, and hopefully in more places in the future. And thank your team also for for the great support. Okay. Enjoy your evening. And you too. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Calibre podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe and listen to other episodes on Apple Podcast and Spotify.